This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Welcome back to BQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. Still to come, we have more divisional round prop shopping to do. And, of course, we will have Rick Camp uh, coming up in a little bit to talk about the NBA and some of his favorite bets for tonight. But joining us now, as he does on Wednesdays, is none other than one of our favorite football guests around. That's Brad Spielberger of Pro Football Focus. Brad, thank you so much for joining us. We greatly appreciate it. So when it comes to recapping last weekend, it is painfully obvious that Matt LaFleur outcoached the Dallas Cowboys, uh, specifically when it came to, say, 12 personnel. Uh, this Cowboys defense just wasn't prepared for it, and they were absolutely able to burn them. And I'm curious when we look at this divisional round, if you see other coaching mismatches that we can pounce upon. Yeah, it's funny you mention that because I think you see uh, both of those Shanahan schemes that had the upsets, the young, plucky quarterbacks going up against, you know, first day against Dallas and then Houston, the great Cleveland defense. The difference between those teams and Fran has this set up because they know how to stop their own offense is the off-ball linebacker play, the coverage over the middle, both linebackers and safeties is infinitely better, right? I mean, in Dallas, they basically don't have linebackers. They were sitting there in dime with a bunch of 220-pound safeties getting blown off the ball, um, and that's why that game was ugly. And then Cleveland has, you know, Jeremiah Wusukormo makes some plays in the backfield, but, you know, he doesn't cover well. The, the other, Sione Takitaki doesn't cover well. So, anyway, um, I think that's the big pivot point is I get we fall in love with the, these offenses. They both played exceptionally well. I'm not saying they can't again, but – Attack in the middle of the field, using play action to move these the second level defenders and, and you know kind of muck up the, the middle of the field. Probably not going to work uh, against maybe I don't know the best two linebacker duos in the NFL right now in Baltimore and San Fran. So that is important. It's a good note, kind of the, the stylistic changes. I don't see any any big mismatch, you know, glaring weakness going forward like I did in that uh, last week. Um, I think that it's a much better matchup, you know, across the board, uh, offense versus defense in, in the divisional round. On Saturday, we've got two really buzzy young quarterbacks in C.J. Stroud and Jordan Love who have been playing very well, and they're going to be trying to cover nearly double-digit spreads. <laughs> how do you rate both of these guys, and how much does – like, do we put too much stock in like, oh, he's young. He doesn't have any playoff experience. Does that matter as much now or specifically with these two guys? Like, how do you rate that? 
I actually I feel bad now. I forget who said it, but there, there was a good breakdown from someone on Twitter. Like it doesn't matter at all. Like the, the playoff team with more experience, at least in the wild card round, and they were talking about that. So maybe as you advance, who knows? Maybe the pressure mounts up. But they were saying if you just went by you know whether it was average age or even just you know playoff games played by the roster, even if you shrunk that down to focus on just the quarterbacks or just starters, things of that nature, there was zero signal. And like oh, this team has played more playoff games, therefore they're more prepared. Like, it's not really a thing. So, like I said, it, I do think at a certain point, though, you know, divisional round against the Baltimore and the San Fran, a team that makes the playoffs every single year, that frankly, divisional round is not a successful season to them. Whereas Houston and Green Bay, like, everything is house money. At the same time, as I say that, I think that's the big thing for me. You don't have any pressure. The guys are playing fast, they're playing loose, they're all 22 years old, they don't even know what's going on. And I think there's almost like a positive energy in that. Um, there's no fear of like, oh, if we lose, yeah, you're 10-point dogs and no one expects you to win. So it's kind of funny how that, how that stuff plays out. But long answer short, for Stroud, I'm really not worried. I mean, the guy just is phased by nothing. And, and I think we're seeing more and more on a week-to-week basis. He's so cool, calm, collected, under pressure. Um, the one knock on him was that play under pressure. and He danced around it all day long in that Cleveland game. I think Laramie Tunsil should be healthy, should be able to play, will obviously be massive after he kind of, you know, shut down Miles Garrett in that first round. Jordan Love can be a little bit dancy in the pocket when there's pressure, um, but even him navigated it quite well, had a bunch of nice off-platform throws and, and weird arm angles to kind of, you know, get around Micah Parsons and Demarcus Lawrence. So, Long answer short, like you, you could see that regress a little bit because it, historically it's been a problem for both of them in their career. Weekday after GM. And stuff is. Cycle for that you well presented by takes the first one So, like, literally no one's playing. Hey, you know who else is thinking about this stuff? Everyone else. I'm fantasizing about week one NFL Sunday. Check about weeknights here on the BeckQL Network. I don't, I don't disagree with you there.
BetMGM tonight. Join us for live sweats. Oh! Yes! Let's go, Kansas State. So they're also like diverse in the skill sets they have, which enables them to do all of that. So, yeah, I, I mean, that is going to be a problem because CJ Stroud against the Blitz in the first round, I mean, he carved him up. He got the ball out quickly. Um, he knew where his hot route was, and, and, and it was not – you know, much of a problem. So they'll bring some pressure, I'm sure. But the bigger thing, like you said, is probably going to be just showing him coverage looks he's never seen before. And I'm sure we're going to hear from him after the game, good or bad. Like, yeah, I saw some stuff that I've never played against in my career. (laughs) I love it. Amoeba. Great term. Okay, so let's look at some props. Like, I want to open it up to you. Like, we were talking about strengths and some of the units left in the playoffs and ranking them. But where, what matchup are you looking to expose in the prop market? Yeah, I think one big one for me is uh, Mike Evans uh, against the Detroit Lions. So, you know, we're continuing to see this Dave Canales offense. We know it's going to be a play-action offense. They want to take deep shots and push the ball down the field. That's always going to be Mike Evans. The big thing for me, and I want to go alts here, is Canales, so far this year, his sequencing, he's been one of the biggest, you know, run-run-pass offensive coordinators in the entire NFL. The Bucks had a 75% pass rate on early downs in that Eagles game, and they had a positive game script for almost the entire game, and they were still a lot of throwing the football a ton on early downs, which I love, and I think they're going to approach this the same. The Lions' run defense is an elite unit. They've been that way the entire year. They shut down a really good Rams rushing attack with Kyron Williams. They're really, really stout against the run, but you can – throw against them. Matthew Stafford averaged over 10 yards per attempt. It's been a problem all year long. And in particular, you know, Cameron Sutton's their number one corner. He's a 5'11", probably on a good day, you know, inside, outside flex. He's playing outside right now, but he's been a slot in his career. Like, that's the guy I assume is going to be playing against Mike Evans. I love Mike Evans' props in that matchup. And I I wouldn't even go the normal, I think it's 64 and a half. I I would go alts there and just say, hey, I'm betting on – he had a couple drops in that game. He probably should have had way more production in the first round than he did, which I also mm-hmm. like. Um, I'm going 80 plus, 90 plus. Like, just go for him catching one of those patented, you know, 70 yard touchdown bombs and, and then play off of that. He's Brad Spielberger, Pro Football Focus, here on BetQL Daily. The Buccaneers are plus 220 on the money line. Is there some value sprinkling something there? I don't hate it. I don't. Their defense does give up explosive plays at one of the highest rates in the entire NFL. Um, you know, they were good this past week, and and they're always a good run defense. So maybe, in theory, you get some, you know, second and long, third and long Jared Goff, as opposed to, obviously, the run game has been great for them and has set up a lot of favorable looks. And then when you lose Khalif Raymond, like I know they still have Jamison Williams, who obviously can break off an explosive whenever, but maybe you can mitigate that a little bit if you're Tampa. Part of the reason they gave up so many explosives, too, was they lost you know, both their starting corners for a long stretch of the season. Those guys are both back and playing now. So, yeah, I think if you are going to play Tampa, I'd rather – I mean, the spread's nice, but I think that the way you look at that narrative is, like, just play the money line. And like you said, go for the value there um, because I, I, it's interesting. Like, I, I think it is going to come down to Dave Canales, like, not falling back into some former trends. If they run the ball in early downs, they're going to be you – know, Baker's going to be sitting back there on third and nine getting killed. So, um, it, it's, like, almost the script, I would say, is if, if they're playing well, if they have a positive game script, I, I like it a lot more, um, and you might as well take money line at that point. 
So really quick, now you got me all excited about Mike Evans props. Longest reception, 24 and a half, like over, right? Like that seems like a good play too. Right. I, wanted... I think the way he, yeah, go ahead, go ahead, sorry. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, sorry, sorry. Just to say, I, I think that's how you get there is, is some is some big time catches from Mike Evans. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to look at a lot of his props. Thank you for that. I also wanted to ask you about Legarius Sneed because he absolutely shut down Tyreek Hill, held him to 62 yards. So I'm thinking, what is he going to do to Diggs? Would you be looking at anything in that matchup? Yes, for sure. So uh, the pivot there, because uh, I agree with you, I think that's going to be a tough matchup. I think you'll get not only Legarius Sneed on Diggs, but they'll have some safety shadowing as well. Uh, we don't know about Gabe Davis. We'll see if he plays. Not 100% certain he will. I think you go Dalton Kincaid. I think he actually played better than his production. He had the almost second touchdown with a really nice pass breakup from Alandon Roberts uh, in the end zone from Pittsburgh. And he's just been more and more of a focal point of that offense. They love running him up the seam on deep deep patterns, you know, some some uh, corner routes uh, into, into the sideline. Like they really like using him now in, in, in more and more different ways. And Josh Allen trusts him, you know, throwing downfield. So – the, the Chiefs aren't bad covering tight ends, but I, I wouldn't say it's necessarily a strong suit. Um, I think that's how you play it if you want to play off of Stephon Diggs. Mm -hmm. You know, it's also interesting when we're looking at, at Chiefs and Bills because Josh Allen, certainly sensational on Monday, yet at the same time, the Chiefs do have like a couple of additional days to prepare. And they're also equipped to handle the cold environment that they will be playing in. And it won't be nearly as bad in all likelihood than uh, what perhaps it would have been uh, last Sunday. So I'm curious if there are some sort of built-in advantages for KC that may not be reflected in the spread. Yeah, I played KC Moneyline, you know, Sunday night, 10 minutes after the, the games ended, uh, or I guess Monday night, whatever it was, um, because <laughs> the two days extra rest to me is very meaningful. Like I know, and the injuries, I mean, the injuries in Buffalo have been insane. And now we're wondering, like, how, I think Rasul Douglas will play. I think he said he would, but is Christian Benford going to play a corner? I know Kyer Elam had the interception in the end zone. The two plays before that, he got bowled over <laughs> uh, trying to make a tackle in open space. And then had a like it just grabbed onto a receiver and had a, the easiest defensive holding call a ref has ever made. So he's not playing very good football right now. And I think people say, oh, yeah, this great interception in the end zone. He did, not taking that away from him, but I, he'll get picked on it, no question about it. So, and then at linebacker, Terrell Bernard and Tyrell Dotson have been really good for them, filling in for Matt Milano once they get their feet underneath them. Both of those guys got hurt in this game. I, I think Bernard will return, or I think Dotson will return. Terrell Bernard got like, like, like carted off with a cast. I, I assume he's done. So mm -hmm. over the middle is going to be a problem. Uh, but yeah, and then the, the rest advantage too. I know Casey hasn't played particularly great, but the offense did look pretty good. Uh, in, in like you said, I mean, probably worse conditions than Buffalo played in. Um, and the two days extra rest just means a lot to me. So I, I played Kansas City right away. Love it. I know we've kind of been bouncing around. What else do you like, whether it's side, total, props, anything else um, left that we didn't touch on? Yeah, another prop I love uh, is George Kittle props in, in that Green Bay San Francisco game. Um, you know, it's just the, the safety play and, and the off-ball linebacker play. They, they drafted Quay Walker to kind of be this guy. Devondre Campbell can sometimes be this guy, but they just – they are bottom five in the NFL or bottom ten in the NFL and like EPA per drop back on targets to tight ends. All the traditional stats, they're just not very good uh, against tight ends. You know, yards per coverage snap, they've missed a bunch of tackles. Like everything against covering tight ends has not gone well for Green Bay. Um, and, and I expect the Niners to score a ton of points. I even don't, don't hate the team total is 30 and a half. I, I 
it's not out yet, I don't think, but just implied based on the spread and the total. I think that the team total for San Fran will be right around that 30 number. Um, so that as a prop, and then uh, I like George Kittle props a lot. About 30 seconds left. Any passing, rushing, receiving playoff props that stand out to you as far as someone who will finish the playoffs uh, leading in any of these categories? Interesting. I haven't even looked at that market, if I'm being 100% frank with you. Uh, yeah, no I mean, if you play it as like a team based on teams advancing and, and going far, I guess maybe if you want to get really risky and, and take a long shot, you can maybe look into Mark Andrews. I don't know if he's going to play in this round. If he is, maybe you, you try to take a long shot on a guy that should lead uh, an offense that maybe could go far. So he's an interesting play there. Or, you know, I guess you could go Amon Ross St. Brown. Probably a chalky play. I'm guessing he's one of the favorites. Mm-hmm. But if they win again in this game, I really think, the, you know, see – I don't love a Niners matchup with Detroit, but but I think it's fairly wide open, and, and you know Amon Ra is going to get his every single week. Good stuff. Brad Spielberger, Pro Football Focus, thank you so much for your time. We greatly appreciate it. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, more divisional round prop shopping, and maybe we'll get Aaron to return her cart coming up on the BetQL Network. We'll be right back with BetQL Daily.